Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Roxanne Petraeus, co-founder and CEO of Athena. Athena is a workplace compliance training company that builds better workplaces through smart technology and engaging content. Roxanne is also a U.S. combat veteran and a Rhodes Scholar. Welcome to the show, Roxanne, and thank you for your service. Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's Veterans Day, so a fun time to be doing this. Yeah, exactly. On the topic of Veterans Day, one of the first things I wanted to ask you is how did your experience in the military help you in your corporate career? Yeah. So, you know, what I do now is like we're a startup. I'm the CEO. We're in compliance and we serve HR folks at our mid-market companies. And so military experience isn't the most logical path to what I do now. That being said, I actually feel like it's been super helpful for probably two reasons. One is the like topic and inspiration for the company itself. And then the other is general leadership. So on the first point, when I was an officer in the army, I just took a lot of training, some of which was phenomenal. So that would be things like learning to preparing to deploy to Afghanistan or learning to jump out of a plane. Like these were just done really, really well. I had a lot of repetition and we're just clearly signaling that the organization thought these were important things. And then the other type of training was what we called check the box training. And that's the stuff that was just kind of a joke, like pack into a hot auditorium, get talked at for an hour. And things that fell into that bucket, unfortunately, were still quite important. So it was everything from your kind of basic security, cybersecurity, that kind of stuff. But it was also things like sexual harassment and assault, which unfortunately in the military is still a pervasive issue. It's kind of DEI. It was even things like even more specific to the military, like suicide prevention. I thought it was really unfortunate that we were all wasting time, um, in particular on topics that were really important. And so that was sort of part of what inspired me to start Athena, which, you know, takes a learning and like behavior improvement approach to these uh, types of compliance topics. And then I think probably, you know, in addition to just the inspiration, I now lead a company of about 70 employees. And I definitely draw from a lot of the good leadership lessons and just things I picked up along the way from being in the army that I think helped me, even though the types of leadership I was doing in the army, or at least the tasks we were doing look really different than at a tech startup. I still find that some of those basic leadership principles about caring about your people, taking a beat before making a decision, staying calm under pressure, like all of those, I guess, leadership foundations. I'm very grateful to have had the military experience because I can kind of lean on that when times get tough. Definitely. Yeah. And as you were speaking earlier about how you had more uh, lecture type training sessions, do you have any advice for HR folks who are in charge of training? how to make sure that important subjects or even subjects that might not be as important don't fall through the cracks in levels of engagement? Totally. We cover code of conduct, data protection, you know, sexual harassment, DEI, et cetera. I think we do a phenomenal job. But more broadly, our VP of people, Melanie Naranjo, who's um, phenomenal, has written a lot about engaging training as well on, on our blog. One piece of advice I have is the signaling is really important. So like signaling to the organization that, hey, if I'm asking for an hour of your time, it's important. And like, I respect and value your time. And so I'm not going to have you come to a training that's, for lack of a better word, half-baked or just kind of like an eye roll. Like people are really busy. And so we think a lot about the concept of respect and like respecting employees' time. 
And I think a bunch of little things can signal that you're really respecting their time, everything from preparing for the training, you know, asking only as long as you really need, you know, doing good follow-ups, all of that, I think just demonstrates a core respect for someone else's time that is really uh, appreciated. That makes a lot of sense. Sometimes HR has more of a reactive approach to issues and training and compliance. So I was wondering what benefits does like a proactive mindset of military combat that you had mentioned on your site bring to the compliance world? Yeah, I was super fascinated when I kind of got excited about starting the company. I like looked into a lot of the research on, for example, sexual harassment, because that's the first topic that we launched on the training platform. And I was really fascinated to learn that there was like no evidence to suggest that traditional forms of training work in terms of preventing harassment, which I found fascinating after me too. And just this awareness of like, hey, this is a really important topic, really important thing for companies to get right. So, you know, I dug in a little bit and why is that? And then it was like, oh, well, people aren't really learning. (laughs) And it kind of sounds so basic when you say it, but I think a very reactive posture to say harassment is kind of like, hey, we're going to make sure that everyone has a certificate so that in the inevitable event that things happen, we can just kind of go through the motions and say like, hey, we told everyone not to. And I think a proactive version looks like thinking about what are all the little things that lead up to kind of an incident that HR really has to deal with? And are there ways to like nip those in the bud or provide employees with tools to be able to handle something? I'll give an example. One of the earliest sales that I did, I really thought the world of this HR leader who bought an early version of our training. They're still customers today. And I was talking to her maybe a year in. I was like, how's it going? Like, you know, how's your team like the training and all of that? She said, oh, it's great. I just went on PTO and I came back and I learned that an employee had handled an issue. And I was like, tell me more. She was like, well, normally what happens is basically HR doesn't hear anything until HR hears like, hey, there was a big old dust up in a meeting. Someone said something you know, inappropriate or, or whatever it is. And like HR, you go deal with it now. And she said that what she had learned is that while she was gone, I don't remember the exact situation, but let's say it was something like maybe someone was kind of using not inclusive language in a meeting. And she said what was magical is that someone else in that meeting just gave that person feedback and said like, hey, you keep using this term, but could you please use this other term? It's just more inclusive. And the person who had been speaking was like, oh, okay, got it. I'll do better. Like, thanks for the feedback. And they all moved on. And the HR leader was like, that was huge because I can't be everywhere at once. I can't be monitoring everyone's activity. I really need managers and I need the whole team to sort of be on the front lines talking about what appropriate behavior looks like and giving feedback when something goes awry. And I just think about a scenario where if that bystander hadn't learned different ways to intervene, nothing would have happened until it really escalated and became a HR problem. And I think that really great training can have that sort of proactive approach of like, yeah, let's just give that feedback now. You know, sometimes it's kind of the broccoli in your teeth situation where you like, you don't know what you don't know. And if you have people saying like, hey, you probably don't realize, but when you say this certain thing, like it really makes me feel like you're treating me differently because I'm a parent or whatever the scenario is, it's really giving that feedback that people can action. Yeah. And having that like accountability within every level of the company and in the boardroom is such a good influence on culture. And like, it really is, like you said, a good way to show that the training was effective. Exactly right. And, you know, I think another thing we get really excited about is we understand the stats and like, there are going to be problems with all of the topics that we train on. But I think something that's very cool is sometimes we'll hear from HR or at our larger companies, usually it's legal or compliance, like, hey, someone brought an issue to HR. And when we asked them why they suddenly raised it, they said, because I now understood after taking a particular Athena module that this scenario was actually a problem. 
Sometimes there's nuance, for example, with harassment via a vendor or a client. Third party kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, or if you're a new manager and someone comes to you and says like, hey, I just really want to vent for a second. Oh, they're just venting. And then you realize like, this is actually a report. You know, I actually have like a mandatory obligation to raise this, but that new manager like might not realize that. And so there's a lot of different ways that effective training can show up in the data. And one of them is, you know, when HR hears about something, are they hearing hey, the training really helped me identify it. Another is the the earlier scenario I was giving. Can HR like have sort of allies, like other people who are also looking out for culture instead of just, oh, this is an HR problem, they'll deal with it. I totally get that. I was in high school at the time, like that sort of allyship you have among your coworkers who tell you, hey, what he said to you or what she said to you isn't cool and you need to talk to like our manager or someone higher up the chain of command about it because that's not something we should tolerate goes a really long way. That's right. Understanding like what are the expectations of the workforce and not assuming everyone's gotten the memo because you have people who are new to the workforce. You have people who are entering from a bunch of different fields that have different kind of expectations. And so I think just that expectation setting is so important. Yeah. And so with that, I saw that y'all at Athena incorporate a lot of humor into your training modules. How effective is that in helping keep people engaged and also make the lessons stick? Totally. So I read this book that I strongly recommend. I believe it's called Humor Seriously. Um, It's by some Stanford professors. And they have a lot of really good data to show that humor is really powerful in getting people to pay attention. It's also really powerful in like navigating kind of emotional or very sensitive topics. Like it can kind of diffuse and when used correctly, it can be really powerful. And the last reason we think humor is so powerful, in particular in some of the subjects we train on, is it's often where the issues arise. So like it was just a joke. A big issue I had with traditional training is it was so sterile and kind of like, hey, Jim, good morning. Yeah, like the classic sexual harassment module. And it's like, he touched her butt. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty cut and dry and appropriate. 100%. But like you said, the gray areas are where it gets difficult. It's the gray area where it's like, he just makes a joke about like, oh, now that you've had a baby, I'll bet your mind isn't even on yeah, this or something. And you're like, oh, no, like. And so we really wanted to make sure that training was engaging because going back to what we were talking about earlier, we need to earn our employees' attention and it kind of goes back to this idea of respect. And so one of our earliest customers was Netflix and we thought like, man, these people know good content. So like we need to be able to make really good content such that we can engage their employees. But another issue is it then allows us to lean into these scenarios that are more gray, more nuanced, um, that often have humor in them. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So with the different sort of like training modules you do, obviously you've seen like a lot of success with humor. Have you found different methods that stick with different people? Like, do you have to ever like diversify training methods? Absolutely. It's something we think about a lot. And what we have um, tried to do is use a bunch of different like multimedia. So we have podcasts, we have graphic novels, we have text-based, we have short-form video and uh, really mix up the content so that your people aren't saying like, oh, I saw this whole thing and you're showing it to me again, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we like sort of hold ourselves accountable to that is we actually just let everyone at companies that use Athena rate every bit of training. And they have like six different options at the end of every five minutes or so. So it'll be like boring versus engaging, you know, dated versus relevant, like those sorts of things. Our content team can look at that and really understand like, oh, this one scenario is like really resonating. People are really saying that this is relevant, but oh, this other scenario isn't. So like they can go back and kind of on a regular cadence, check the content. And I think that's something that great content providers do in your normal life is, you know, if you're reading something, you're upvoting it, that user feedback loop is really powerful. 
Yeah. With the way that we had talked earlier about how effective training makes the environment within your company a lot more accountable and flexible and cohesive, how do you ensure that both training and company culture are something present when you have a remote workforce, kind of like what you guys are working with at Athena? Yeah, I think it's like super important in a remote world to have like a sense of community, connectivity, all of that. I think that our e-learning solution has actually worked really well in remote work from home world for maybe like two reasons. One is the very like administrative, but it's really hard to get everyone on Zoom across multiple time zones. You've got to track it. And so what we do is just integrate with HR systems. So Gusto, Rippling, you name it, we integrate with it and allow HR folks to just like set and forget their compliance because there's so many different requirements that vary based on what state you're in, sometimes even what city, if you're manager or not, blah, blah, blah. So we've tried to make that part like seamless, set it and forget it. But then in terms of kind of the culture part of it, we've kind of heard that companies have adopted us and kind of made it their own. So um, in some companies we hear there's like a Slack channel where people will put in kind of different things they learned or different funny jokes they saw in the training and, you know, just kind of share with each other, which like blows my mind because that's definitely not a use case we had thought of, but I think it's super cool. We'll hear others that do things like they reinforce it, maybe a particular nudge, which is like the five minute micro lesson in an all hands, or they have managers kind of do a deep dive on something. So I think there's a bunch of different ways that you can kind of not make it just like, hey, we all did this thing and now we forget about it, but instead like incorporate it into other rhythms or rituals of a remote environment. And so kind of on the flip side of that, do you think that that sort of flexible learning module style could be used for the armed forces so that the inspiration that you got might not necessarily be an issue for people going through training there in the future? I would love to, you know, one day serve the military. I mean, it's why I started the company. And I think that some of these topics are especially important to the military. The flip side of that is we really designed Athena with a particular audience in mind, because one of my many beefs with traditional training is it feels very one size fits all. And therefore it doesn't really fit anyone. So like the joke scenario we were saying of like, you know, Tim and Susan or whatever, it's like sometimes they'll have suits on and you'll be at an office where you're like, no, we're suits we don't have managing directors and like this is a bank in the 90s like you know what's going on here and so we really designed it for I would say like a very modern sort of tech forward type of workplace and those scenarios just wouldn't port over into the military or you know other scenarios so I think that that part we would certainly as a company need to adjust before you know just saying like hey use this but I think the general principles that we use for training so like great content lots of user ratings excellent technology so that people can do it on mobile and all of that. I think that would be a perfect fit for the military. Definitely. As you know, this episode airs on a Friday. So my final question for you is what are you looking forward to this weekend? I have a two-year-old son. And so my weekends are mostly him time. Aww. <laughs> yeah, which is really nice. But I think the weather's been really nice. So um, sometimes we like take the ferry. I'm in uh, New York or you know something like that. And that's usually a, f- a fun little weekend activity. Oh, that's awesome. I hope that the weather is good this weekend. I know that we're starting to get more of that, uh, the cold snap, but I'm sure your two-year-old looks adorable, just like bundled up to the gills in like <laughs> scarves and hats. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, like a little uh, Michelin man. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. Well, I hope you have a really good weekend with your kid and thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Oh, you bet. I had a really nice time. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.